I'm angry. Oh, I'm hot. You know who else is angry? Royce Young, Eric Horn. Suck it. Everybody that has a blue check. Chisholm, it's our time. I am in charge of the media now. Yes. I'm the captain now. Yes. And, uh, I mean, Chisholm, I said it earlier today. You typically only tweet at, like, after 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, usually after my wife goes to bed. Yeah, like, is there, like, is it her orders that you don't tweet? No, 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 no. So, actually, here's what it is. Is on Sunday nights and Monday nights, I tell you, are the two most prominent, but a few other nights sprinkled in. I will stay up and play online video games with my brother and my cousins. And my wife will go to bed. And the game that we play, the biggest flaw is it has lots of loading screens. So there will be like 60 to 90 seconds. That's a long sometimes time. Sometimes five minutes. That's a long time where, in 2020. Right, where we're just waiting on the game to start. And I'll scroll through Twitter on my desktop then. Because I don't have Twitter on my phone. Why not? I just, it sucks up too much time. <laughs> I've, I've gone old school like 2012. I push notifications from ESPN Bleacher Report and The Athletic. So that's how I get my breaking news, but no Twitter on my phone. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, it works. I, I, I have stopped looking at the app on your phone that tells you how much time you're spending on it. The like what that, yeah, yeah, and it's... Do you have a time set, like a, a limit? No, I should, though. Two hours is mine, which I which I hear stories of some people have like 25 minutes. I'm like, power change. Well, look, lockdown's been good for me because I've uh, rediscovered how much fun reading is. So yeah. uh, that's been good, but... Uh, yeah. And one more thing before we actually get into the meat of this episode, we need to acknowledge the fact that Chisholm is wearing some fire-ass Vancouver Grizzlies Yo, you like uh, shorts. Yeah, you need to wear my hat that I always wear. I, no, no, no. I can't I can't go that matchy-matchy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do, do I strike you as someone who matches ever? Oh, you got some style. You usually wear those nice like jeans with the rolled up down at the bottom with some nice shoes. Like you, You've got some style. Yeah, but I don't do like the... Uh... Like Your the, mom was mad at you a lot as a child because you correct. refused to match. Okay. Correct. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of universal. I wear my all. favorite shoes, and then I wear my favorite shorts, and then I wear my favorite T-shirt. That's just kind of how I roll. Yeah, it's like white T-shirt, Chisholm. That's all you White roll. T-shirt, black T-shirt. Yeah. That's all I wear. Well, the big news dropped yesterday, um, and we're recording this right now at around 5.50 on Wednesday. This is the weekly show, OKC82 edition uh, Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham here, two minutes and two and a half minutes in, and I finally introduced the show. Um, we've got Thunder availability within the next hour, so we'll record this. I'll race back over to my house, try and get that all uploaded and ready to go. Because, like we said, no blue check marks here to report the precious information coming out of Thunder media availability. You know, hey, I've actually never done this. I've never broken news before because I'm never going to be that guy. Hold the wait. What are you going to do? What's going on? Uh, so I'm texting our good friend Dylan Buckingham, who has a blue check mark. Who has K- a blue check mark? Sports and guy from cannot... He cannot tweet. He does not have the ability to do so. You can't even tweet from the franchise Twitter account. I, I'm trying right now, and it says tweet not sent. We're sorry, we weren't unable to send your. We weren't able to send your tweet. Uh, Dylan says he's about to break some news about the Memorial Marathon, but he can't tweet it. And so now I'm asking if he will send me the information so I can break the news on this podcast. <laughs> and Dale's going to be like, totally didn't see your text, man. Totally didn't see it. <laughs> I want to break the news on our podcast. What, that the Memorial Marathon is going to be canceled? It could just be like registrations on it. Is, I don't know what it is. Yeah, he just says, I'm frustrated because I was trying to break some news about the Memorial Marathon and now I can't do anything. Yeah, it's going to be canceled. Anyway, Chisholm, yesterday Dennis Schroeder says he's going to go leave the bubble. His wife, Ellen, is due to give birth to their second child the next three to four weeks. That's right around the time that the games will begin, the eight games in 14 days for the seeding 
of the playoffs. Now, the Thunder are guaranteed a playoff spot already. Where they're going to end up, of course, depends on these eight-seeded games. Not having Dennis Schroeder very important. Chisholm, I know you've been wanting to talk about this because you have not talked about it at all today. Dennis Schroeder? Yes. You've only talked about it, what, four times now? Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Uh, I think this is actually a big deal. I think I yeah. think this really changes my outlook on what the Thunder could possibly be. No, I mean, all I, the way breaking news. We got it. The OKC Marathon just sent out an update regarding the race that's supposed to happen on October fourth. With so many races being canceled and changes with COVID nineteen, we wanted to give you a status update for the twenty twenty run to remember. I know this seems odd with the numbers on the rise, but many health experts tell us our community health could look much better after Labor Day if everyone follows the safety protocols the state has admitted as precautions. We had promised you an update early in August, but we didn't want to wait that long. We simply think it's too early to call the race off, but we can promise that we are evaluating facts daily. As you know, every decision has major implications and consequences, so we will make any announcement further without with a lot of thought, discussion, collaboration with others. We encourage you to keep training and continue to work on the race. Breaking news from the OKC Marathon. I've never done that. Yeah, are you going to tweet it though? I don't I think that's too many characters what you just read. Yeah. Just like undermine Dylan Buckingham. Just do it. This is journalism, man. It ain't no friends. I'm going to download Twitter and get on my phone so I can <laughs> post this. No, I mean, Chisholm, like, it, you're exactly right. This is a gigantic loss for the Thunder. Um, who knows how long Dennis Schroeder is going to be gone? Who knows if he's going to even be able to come back? Who knows if the NBA is even getting that far? Um, who knows how long Dennis Schroeder decides to stay out of the bubble? Uh, because, you know, yeah, your baby being born takes, you know, a day. But he's not just going to go there literally for that day and then come right back. He's going to want to be there with his wife while she recovers. He's going to right. be there with his uh, newborn child the first few days of... I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, so I'll say his or her life. I don't remember if he mentioned it. Um, but as long as he's gone, this is going to be a problem for the Thunder. Everybody knows how good the three-point guard lineup is, and everybody knows how their closing lineups have been one of, if not the best in the NBA. Um, all season long. Now, of course, it's going to take a while for every single team to get their feet back. It's going to take a long time for X, Y, and Z to take place. But Dennis Schroeder being gone for so long, for three or four games, huge. Oh, it's really more than three or four games, right? At the very least, he's gone for three or four games. Because he has to quarantine for 14 days when he gets back. Well, if he tests... I I read something that if he tests negative every day, he's outside of the bubble... And then when he decides to return, if he's tested negative every single day, he only has to set out like a significant shorter amount of time than the two weeks. Okay. So at the very least, he's missing three to four games. And the scrimmage. That feels really optimistic to me, too. And the scrimmage games. If, well, he could potentially play in the scrimmage games and then leave because that's within three or four weeks. And I will, uh, I will retweet this, Chisholm, because you have broken this story. I'm on. I'm on. You have made it. You know what? Unfortunately, you're probably going to earn a blue check mark out of this, and then you'll be. Nah, then you blocked. can't. You can't tweet tonight. Dang it! I have you on tweet notifications, so I. Uh, Do you? Yeah. I keep tabs on all my uh, fellow employees. <laughs> Dylan says I tried to retweet for you, but I can't. It won't work. So you can't. I thought they could retweet. No, apparently, Dylan can't do anything. He says he can't like. He can't retweet. He can't comment. Nothing. But no. So I mean. I think three or four games is optimal. If he only misses three or four games, I think that's a huge win. It, when I saw this story initially, I was thinking he'll be back three for the, weeks for the playoffs, per, potentially. Right, and there's also, I mean, the possibility that he, you know, God knows when she's going to have the baby. 
you know, is she being? In, I know this is. I don't know if this is insensitive or not. Is she being induced? Is this a scheduled thing? Yeah. So if it's if it's just when nature comes, I mean that could be you know three or four days before the playoffs start, and now he's missing the playoff games, or you know you had this other potential. OKC would like to win these games. They would also kind of like to pick their opponent a little bit. The seeding doesn't really matter, but who they play matters. And if it gets down to the last two or three games, and they need to win, and their third or fourth best player isn't there. I, th- I think that's a huge disadvantage. And the problem with Oklahoma City is they don't have enough star power really to fiddle around with that kind of stuff. Yeah. They need every guy to be there. Yeah, and that's the kind of the thing that we've talked about this entire, like, waiting for the NBA to um, kick back up is we always say, well, if they do decide to return to play, the Thunder are going to have the advantage that this team, cohesion, chemistry, leadership is very strong. They don't need to figure out roles, rotations. They figured it out as they went along and the more and more they got comfortable with each other they had much more success you take away probably the second maybe even third most important player from that entire equation for an extended period of time you're not going to be able to just mask it by the fact that you have a Russell Westbrook that can score 30 or 40 points any given night or a Paul George they don't have that star power so this is so like when I say bad I'm talking specifically about basketball it's good that he's going to be there with his family. Is it family. the right thing to do? Exactly. And it, most of these guys, we talked about this a little bit on the air, most of these guys plan their lives around the season. They take vacations in the offseason. They I, potentially impregnate their wives, knowing you, full well that they could you be. You think <laughs> I'm kidding. Players, it's true. P- players try to plan to have their children in the offseason. Yeah, They're not going to have the kids in the playoffs. They try to avoid that at all costs. And this, the coronavirus kind of threw Dennis off a little bit here. Well, just think about it this way. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if the NBA does, in fact, start at some point in December, I've already seen some reports that they might postpone it till March, basically to buy some time for a vaccine, if that's ever, you know, in, if that's in the cards. Um, but if they do start off in December, players were all back home for a long time doing nothing. How many players are going to have to leave games, leave their teams, while their significant others give birth if the season starts on time in December. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Because um, that, that rolls, okay, if so if like we're talking about March, April, um, how can I say this? Conception. No you know, doubt. you're looking at December, January, February. Yeah, that's that's going to be important. Yeah. Really, at this point, the Holland household has dodged a surprising bullet. There was, there was a uh, gambling chart in my family about <laughs> when we'd be announcing a pregnancy. And to my knowledge... <laughs> Still not one in the chamber there, so, uh, but yeah, so I I think that's a factor too. But it's uh it's just a big monkey wrench, and like I said earlier, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about a weeks ago about teams with depth are going to survive this better. I don't think the Thunder have enough depth to survive, you know, some of their top, especially that closing lineup to miss time. I just don't think they do. And the Andre Robertson addition is does that mitigate some of this? Uh, probably, I guess maybe a little bit, but it is, by no means makes up for Dennis being gone. He's been so good this year, so I really do. I think this is a big deal. I would expect if he misses regular season games or these eight initial games, whatever you want to call them, I, I think it. If you were thought they were going to go six and two because they had a pretty decent schedule, I thought. I think now you have to assume they go four and four. If you thought they're going to go four and four, now they go two and six. Like I think. I think Dennis is that big of a part of it because that closing lineup has been so dominant, and now that's kind of thrown out of whack, and you're throwing what we assume is Terrence Ferguson into that spot. He is, I mean, I could pull up metrics. Him with the closing lineup as opposed to Dennis Schroeder has not been good. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to segue into next is Terrence Ferguson, and we brought that up earlier today on my call-in on Triple M Ranch. To me right now, this there's no more excuses with Terrence Ferguson. I mean, obviously, 
the stuff he had to deal with during the season was unfortunate. A lot of it was thrust upon him, and it wasn't fair. Um, the accusation was baseless. Apparently, that's what the judge ruled. Um, and so, having to deal with that, even though you're you know innocent, I can imagine weighs heavily on the mind. So, sure. I don't blame him whatsoever for missing time with his team to go deal with that. At the end of the day, though, he does have a job, and when he was on the floor this season. He might have had one or two or maybe three uh, like situations where I thought that looks like Terrence Ferguson from last season, at least on the defensive side of the, of the floor. Yeah, He's never quite had it on the offensive side of the floor this season, much like he had for that two, two-and-a-half-month stretch that he had last season when the Thunder were one of the better teams in the league, when Paul George was, going, was on fire. He hasn't had it on both ends of the floor at all this season. In Orlando, there's no more excuses. Yes, he's young. Yes, some things may have stunted his growth with uh, his positioning on offense being just go stand in the corner. We'll find you. If you get it, shoot. Maybe that's not what he was supposed to be. But the fact of the matter is you have no more excuses now. And now with Dennis gone for potentially at least three to four games, the spotlight's on you. If you don't have it, then not only is this going to be bad for the team in the short term, I would then, I'm going to assume the Thunder are going to have him back next year. I think that if he fails in this Orlando situation, I think that that really puts a dark mark on his future with the Thunder moving forward. Because we've seen this franchise, if you don't bring it in the postseason, you know, despite how young you may be, how promising you may be, that influences the way that they think about players. The obvious big example would be James Harden. Didn't have a great finals performance and was traded. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons, but that was one of them. Yeah, I still think Terrence is a possibility to get traded this summer. He plays well, doesn't play well, just because I think he does hold some value around the league of a whole lot of people saying, well, we'll get him in our you know, our situation with our team and our trainers, and he'll be better. Because uh, people talk themselves to that stuff all the time. The more interesting question for me about next summer with the current roster is, is there any scenario that Andre Robertson plays himself into another contract with the Thunder? I don't think so. Me either. But I think that, I mean... I think that went from a 0% chance to at least something to mock. If he comes out, and let's say they play Houston in the first round, and he plays defense against James Harden for the final minutes of, you know, a win, a, I was going to say a, a home win. Those don't exist. Uh, a a plays, game three win. Yeah, a game three <laughs> win against James Harden. He, and, you know, he plays really well for a five-minute stretch on the fourth quarter. Ah, I think that some Thunder fans might be looking at, well, look, he's been injured for two years, so maybe we can get him on a discount and we can get him for cheap. Like, I think the narrative can change pretty quickly, and I know that if Andre Robertson plays well, other NBA teams who are competing for championships will look at him as a valuable piece. I think this guy is coming back at the right time. I think he has a real chance to kind of make a statement. Yeah, but do we have... I mean, Tony Allen's probably the easiest example I can think of where it's like a one-sided... We've seen plenty of offensive one-sided players get tossed around in free agency or through trades because they bring a specialty to the floor. If we're yeah. talking about a championship contending team, usually it's like a guy that can just shoot 38% but gives you nothing on defense, doesn't rebound, doesn't set screens, none of that. But you just literally stand in the corner and go shoot. That's what you do. Tony Allen, what did he do after Memphis? Did he end up anywhere else? No, I don't think so. And obviously he started his career in Boston. Yeah, I just don't I don't foresee Andre Robertson even even if there's like a title contending team that thinks, okay, we just need a defensive stopper off the bench. That just doesn't exist. That role has just really never existed. So I think if Andre Robertson is going to play in the NBA after this season, it's going to be because he brings it in Orlando, still kind of resembles the player that he once was, at least on the defensive side of the floor, and then the Thunder are able to bring him back at a much cheaper deal. And then also I've heard a lot of good things, you know, from people around the team 
um, in terms of his ability to coach. Now, like I'm not trying to sit here and say that he's going to be like on staff at some point in the next few years, but because he's literally had nothing to do during games for the last two and a half seasons, except give advice to Terrence Ferguson, give advice to Lou Dort, Shea Gillis Alexander, even um, the, the the team has been very um, not surprised, but they've been very warm to the fact that he has taken on that responsibility of coaching and sitting down with younger players for film. And they've really been taken aback by that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he remains with the Thunder, uh, maybe on a cheaper deal, and then easily phases into maybe a coaching role down the road. Because I just don't see him getting a, a, a good deal somewhere else with a title contending team, just because that role just has really never existed. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a there's an outside chance. Like if you're a star-studded team, you say, okay, we bring in Andre Robertson, and we can throw him out against James Harden once every so often. We can throw him out against Damian Lillard once every so often. And he's kind of like a, a tool in the tool belt, if you will. But I will say, I, I think uh, I think there's an outside chance that he could play himself into sticking around in Oklahoma City. But we heard the stories about him coaching the year that Russ won the MVP. Billy Donovan talked about he used to make Andre Robertson stand up and lead the the video sessions. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's been started for a while. And I think that the element of just Andre being a really good guy, like he just seems like a great, genuine human and a good teammate, and there's been very positive comments the past couple weeks, is interesting too. Um, but the door's open now. If if Andre was like, man, I hope I can squeeze in some minutes, right? Like that's what he was telling himself. With Now knowing Dennis is going to miss significant time, he better like, I'm sure he's sitting there in Orlando chomping at the bit saying, whoa, I can actually play a real significant role. Not Maybe not for the entire time, but for a stretch and use this as a trial for my next one. I think that's an interesting subplot now that's opened up with this Dennis stuff. Yeah, again, like it. My, my if I had like high expectations for this team, I mean they've really gone out the window in the last twenty four hours. And I hate to say that because, like we said, Dennis is missing time for a very, very good reason. So Shea's prediction to make it to the finals is a stretch. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, again, like maybe like all that really matters is what they do in the playoffs. Maybe again, like it's even silly to kind of predict like what seed is better, what matchup is better, because we don't know what every other team's going to look like. We don't know what every other team's going to look like health-wise, chemistry-wise, cohesion-wise, execution-wise. If we go by Billy Donovan and just kind of extrapolate that with the other 22 teams, Billy Donovan has said nothing good about his team practicing. He's always said, um, we are nowhere near where we need to be. We scrimmaged a lot today. We fouled a lot. We are just, we are not good at executing. We're not good at timing. I'd imagine every team is going through that. So to sit here and try and say like, well, how can the Thunder navigate this without Dennis Schroeder? Like, what team should they want to play? Because I think when the playoffs start, if they're able to, I don't think it's going to resemble anything we see in the seeding games. So the Thunder could fall potentially to five or six because they don't have Dennis Schroeder. But then they get Chis- or they get Dennis Schroeder back, and then they look like a top four seed all of a sudden, yeah. if that makes sense. So it's so hard to predict what's going to happen more so than in regular seasons obviously yeah yeah i don't know i don't know really what my expect expectations are for this season in general it's gonna be interesting though man right around the corner a week away uh and you know we're kind of at that point i would say the uh, biggest surprise for me so far is no positive tests inside the bubble well they had two right but as far as people who have been negative yeah and then tested positive you know what i mean what like they've been there for a, you know four or five days and now they tested positive it seems like the uh, bubble is holding outside of Bruno Caboclo needing a Big Mac. Yeah, I always looked. I always looked at the first two, two and a half weeks of the bubble of everybody getting into Orlando as like the most important time. Now this can 
this whole thing can be destroyed at any given time. But I always thought that the easiest time for this to be shut down was before anything actually went down on the floor. Sure. So as we get further along and we don't have any positive tests, as long as we don't have, and I'm just going to throw an arbitrary number out there because I don't know what the NBA is thinking. That's too much in a short amount of time. Yeah. If we are under 10, around 10, players testing positive for this before the scrimmages start, if we're around that number or obviously much better lower, I think you can have much more optimism that this thing can work, not just in the short term, but we'll, we will have a finals. We will have a champion recognized. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, obviously, if they keep this thing under control, I don't think anybody's going to be qualms about uh, adding the asterisk talk, which I'm just, I'm befuddled by. Uh, but yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. And the fact that they haven't had any positive tests is a good sign. You know, they keep rocking and rolling and keep it moving as long as guys uh, stick away from the Big Macs and the Postmates. Do we know what Rashawn Holmes and Bruno Caboclo ordered? Apparently, Jamel Hill tweeted out the other day. Um, does she have a blue check mark? Can she still tweet? I don't know. I don't know. I assume she does. Well, she said that she lived in Orlando, and for whatever reason, she was convinced that they were um, they were doing Postmates from Saltgrass. So maybe, oh, like a, okay. maybe like a, a nice little steak or something. That makes sense. If you're gonna order out, it can't. I mean, it's not gonna be a drive-through cheese. Yeah, don't you don't you get Whataburger? Don't don't get In and Out yeah, Burger. Whataburger's good. It's good, but are you gonna risk it for that? Typically, the I risk reward about. factor has to kick yeah. in. And if you're like gonna do it for fast food, like really, have you seen all the uh, restaurants that they can actually order from? No, it's all. Is it approved by the NBA and the NBA's Players Association? <laughs> <laughs> right, so there's a list of restaurants that they can order food from that'll be delivered to their door. Yeah. Uh, I want you to take a guess at who owns all those restaurants. Disney? No. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. He that. also owns the Houston Rockets. Oh, uh, Tillman Fertitta or Fertitta? Tillman Fertitta, man. Fertitta. Yeah, he what owns... What kind of restaurants does he own? Oh, dude, he owns a bunch. He owns, uh, he like, owns the Steakhouse, he owns Bubblegum Shirt Company. Like, that's how... He owns a Vegas casino, too. So a lot of the novelty restaurants. Yeah, not Saltgrass. There's another steakhouse, though. Lone Star. Lone Star. Yeah, he owns Lone Star okay. Steakhouse. Okay. So like, basically, the only places these NBA players can uh, order food from are the restaurants that are owned by Phil Tillman Fertitta because uh, he's got to make that back that money somehow. Also, they have to pay out of pocket. <laughs> these restaurants are on the Disney campus, by the way. They're not like going off Disney's campus and, you know, drive... These are restaurants on campus. On campus, and they're to pay out of pocket. I find that funny. Oh, man. And then now that you mention that, it's like, okay, those restaurants have employees. Are they getting tested? Probably not. Are they able to go in and out? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, I actually haven't... This is uh, the health public... Con I have not heard the sanitize the to-go bags, you know, wipe off all your groceries. I would imagine the I haven't heard that conversation a lot lately. It's been a lot more about the masks and the hand-washing thing. Yeah, I would imagine that the employees, when they're, if they're called upon to order food to a hotel, you know, they're wearing masks, they're wearing gloves. I'm sure, like, the proper precautions are taking place. But um, I do remember at the beginning of, like, the lockdown back in March, if I was getting mail and I went back to my parents' house, if my parents received mail, I would get Lysol and Lysol the box. But right. it's a virus it has to have like a host in order to survive. And if it's out in the sun, if it's 
doesn't have something to grab onto. It's just going to die. So I do remember like somebody with a white lab coat on saying, yeah, you don't really have to sanitize all your food or anything that you get from the store. It's that's right. not really necessary. Yeah. I, I just, re- I remember though, at one point that was a big topic of conversations when you get to go food, make sure you bring it home and you wipe down all the containers before you get into it. And then it was, that just hasn't been talked about anymore. And truthfully, I, I have not done that recently. So if I get the vi- if I get the Rona, that's why. It's because I wasn't wiping down my Sonic to go bag. I'll give you a chance right now, Chisholm, to talk about your one of your favorite teams, the Philadelphia 76ers. Does, ben, yeah. Ben, ben Simmons going power forward on us. Which is what he played at LSU. Yeah. Who did they, who else did LSU? They have, who was that other guy? He, he's not in the NBA, but he was like for college basketball. He was a good college basketball player. Okay. And I think he was the point guard. He's and, probably getting paid on the table since LSU is a dirty program. Well, you know. Well, have you watched the scheme yet on HBO? No, I, I uh, have that no. up on the queue though. Okay, that so, needs to get watched. It's yeah, worth it. Need to watch it. Um, look, I applaud Ben Simmons for setting aside his ego and making this change. Is that really an ego thing? I would have. Have you have you heard any? I haven't heard anything about Ben Simmons saying like I only play the point guard. Yeah, but have you read just, that story? I have no, not. No, but it's just inherent to the fact that everybody he knows his flaw, and everybody else screams at him about his flaw. Yeah, and the fact that you won't have the ball in your hands on paper as much because you're not on paper the point guard. He's going to be the point forward. You know, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, but it just seems to me inherent that okay, you're not a point guard anymore. You're power forward, so therefore you're hiding away. You're shying away from the fact that you cannot shoot. Yeah. So that's why to me it's like setting his ego aside because it, t- it just kind of reminds me of like when a quarterback that's predominantly a running quarterback or half a running quarterback in college that has some questionable throwing mechanics or whatever, they always get asked, you going to play wide receiver, you going to play tight end. And they always say no, because it becomes kind of like an ego thing of like, no, I'm a quarterback. I'm going to show y'all. So that's why I kind of, my brain goes to, you know, good job, Ben Simmons for making this change. Let's see if it works. I hope it does. Yeah. I guess, I guess my thing is that Philadelphia told him he was a point guard. Philadelphia made him a point guard, and I haven't read any stories about Ben Simmons says, over my dead body am I playing anything but point guard. It seemed a lot like Philadelphia is trying to like prove themselves right because at the time when they announced that they were, he was going to play point guard, it was a big, like, what the hell are they doing thing. Yeah, too quick, and like, what for? What are you trying to prove? Right, and so now they're, they're pivoting away from that a little bit. Now, let's also be honest for a moment. You're right. He's still going to bring the ball up all the time, and they— w- like Shake Milton, Owasso's own Shake Milton, is going to be in the starting lineup with Josh Richardson uh, and Frank, also from Oklahoma, also from Oklahoma, <laughs> and Cork Moss and Joel Embiid. Right, that's going to be starting lineup. That's how they were closing games already. Yeah, like like it's the same lineup. I so I think some of it's been kind of blown out of proportion about the power forward thing. I think it's just them realizing that Al Horford has no business start because if Ben Simmons is starting at power forward, there's no chance that Al Horford's going to get his spot back, at least I don't think. Uh, and so Al Horford coming off the bench is interesting because he was their big free agent acquis- acquisition over the summer. Tobias Harris, not Frank McCormick-Moss. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, He's a small forward. Yeah, Al Horford, um, that pairing between he and the Sixers just hasn't worked to the extent that I think a lot of people just assumed it would. It's a lot of star power. It's a lot of big names. Um, going back to the offseason, going into the season, of like, wow, their starting five is like awesome. It's it, huge. I, that's actually what I said over yeah. and over. It's so big. It sounds cool, Al Horford off the bench, because, I mean, Thunder fans should know this, because when he was with Boston, it seemed like every time the Celtics would come to town, the Thunder would get like a 20-point lead, then Al Horford in the second half would just chip away by hitting these trailing threes that no one would pick him up on defense. Boom, 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 tie game, boom, 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 Celtics win. 
Like Al Horford off the bench could be a nice little monkey wrench for the Sixers, but I agree. Like that's how the Sixers were closing games. It would just be like if the Thunder going into the playoffs said if they got Dennis Schroeder back, yeah, Dennis Schroeder is going to start, and then people are like, oh, what does that mean? It's like, well, that's how they pretty much play anyway. Right. That's how they end the first half. That's how they end the second half. So you get what you get. Yeah, I. It's kind of like when the Spurs started Monty Ginobili, a handful of playoff games, people would freak out and I'd be like. Yeah, he's playing 40 minutes. Yeah. So like, he's yeah. out there most of the time anyway. You know, that, that, that's funny. Like, as I was, I was watching one of those old um, Thunder Spurs, what the Western Conference Finals in 2012, and it was the first game that Pop started Mono Ginobili. And I remember, like, 21, 22-year-old Brady was like, wow, that's the white flag. Like, the Spurs have no, they have no answer right. for, like, the Thunder's athletics. I was like, the Thunder are going to go to the finals. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. So I think the power forward thing is a little overstated, but Philadelphia is interesting. I mean, they're they're funky, and I'm here for it. I'm here for weird. No, I asked you this on the radio call in about the Miami Heat. Like, if they were to win a championship, like, would that be something that I that you or like the NBA fan at large would acknowledge as a legitimate title winner? I think they're the same category as the Thunder. The Heat, yeah, but the the Thunder are on the lower end of that spectrum. But I think they're still like, if they won, people would go, they won, really? Yeah. I would put the like the Sixers should not be there in my opinion, but they are because they have star power. I think oh, if yeah. you have stars and you win a championship, do you think Philadelphia's a more of a title contender than the Heat? Do you? Don't yes, you? Okay. yes, yeah, yes. I think the Heat are. I would pick the Heat, and that's not a. Uh, I'm not. I'm trying my best not to be a Heat little fanboy here, but I just like the way that their cohesion is. Now, this is assuming- any fear of all the young guys who are in rotation playing heavy minutes. No, I don't. Okay. I actually don't just because they have guys that know their roles. Like that's the biggest thing is like with rookies in the playoffs is sometimes they're asked to do too much and it's stuff that they're not accustomed to doing. Um, the only example that I can think of where it just didn't matter was with Donovan Mitchell, surprisingly. But no. that was against the Thunder. But I mean, you're talking about Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, guys that have had defined roles all season. Just do that at a high. Just try to do that at a slower pace because the playoffs, everything slows down. Will it happen? I don't know. I, I would just, for whatever reason, I'd pick the Heat over the Sixers in a, because the Sixers are still trying to figure shit out Yeah, going I, into Orlando. My, uh, I just don't know who the Heat are closing with. What is there? Bam Adebayo at the five, I assume. Yeah. Bam Adebayo, depend, uh, Jimmy Butler, depending on... If Iguodala, Jay Crowder. Depending on who's hot, Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson to stretch the floor. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. You think they're going to close with one of those two on the floor? Yeah. Okay. I'd probably say Duncan Robinson because he's got a little bit better defensive okay. game to his. So Jimmy, Bam, Duncan they, Robinson. They've had some success with Goran Dragic closing lineups okay, so more so than Kendrick Nunn, but Kendrick Nunn's a really good defender. Okay, so let's say Goran because he's a vet. Spolster loves vet. Oh man! See, this is my problem with the Heat. Kelly Olynyk. Yes, it's, it's, postseason. It, they just have like they have like ten guys that I like, but they don't have like a a, a, a closing lineup that I'm like, oh yeah. And now the Heat have really kicked it into overdrive. I mean, they start Miles Myers Leonard every game. Who's been winning Orlando thus far, if you ask people? Yeah, he's been uh, been chugging the beers. He did a podcast with Zach Lowe. He sounds nothing like what I thought he sounded like. No, he like. doesn't. He sounds like he's from Texas, and I assume that's actually where he's from. He's from Illinois. Well, he went to Illinois. I don't know where he's from. He sounds like he's from Texas or Southern Oklahoma. Yeah, he sounds like a little country boy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's my problem with the Heat, is that I think they have a lot of depth. I think it's... Uh, which is not quite there. Yeah. Uh, the easiest example I can use to kind of, like, when I'm looking at playoff teams, 
the Thunder were always a team that were just so heavily reliant on one or two guys to do everything, and then everybody else was just kind of like, you're a cherry on top. Please do something positive. To me, that does that is not a defined role, and that's, to me, one of the larger reasons why they've struggled since Kevin Durant left because they don't have enough structure with their players. I think this Thunder team with Dennis Schroeder in, in the fold, I think there's more structure. I think everybody understands what they're – what they need to do in order yeah. for them to have success. So I, that's why I feel better about them in a playoff scenario. I feel a little bit more strongly with Miami over like Philadelphia, just because like we just said, Philadelphia's trying to still trying to figure shit out. But having said that, I would put obviously the LA teams. Um, I would put Milwaukee, obviously. I'd put Boston in there and then probably Philly. And then that's where I kind of cut off like every, like all those teams if they win a title, they're legitimate. And a lot of it's just because Philly and Boston have a lot of star power. No Houston, no Denver. Houston. I mean, yeah, because they have the star power, but I just don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it either. Yeah. But I could legitimately see Philly, Boston getting hot um, because Milwaukee, they still need to prove they can get out and compete when teams know what they are one injury away from being irrelevant. Exactly. And, and I think that could be Chris Middleton or Giannis. Oh, God. I think they are a, a shockingly amount reliant on Chris Middleton. A shocking amount. And he's proven already that he can disappear. And Eric Bledsoe can go like 017. Yeah. The Eric. Bulldog himself. Well, I mean, Chisholm, uh, we're getting a little bit closer. Anything else uh, that you're thinking of? I'm going on vacation. So enjoy finding a fill in for me next week. Yeah, I'll have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. Bro, that's where you found me. You're going to have to go back to the top, homie. <laughs> awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the weekly show podcast on OKC82. About to go do some Thunder availability. So um, you will obviously hear this after that. So thank you all for listening. And Chisholm, have a good vacation. Y'all have a good one.